everybody. My name is Mike. I'm one of you. Oh, wow. I almost opened like a YouTube video. I've been recording say, YouTube what, what, lately and I haven't done that in so long. Hey and now there, it's gamer like, guys and gals. Hey, it's me, it going? Raptor. <laughs> Sorry, it has been so long since my last upload. My mom is in the other room and I have to be very quiet. Uh, welcome, welcome back to the Chaluminati Podcast, episode 185. As always, I am one of your hosts. Uh, you know, today I'm just going to be Michael Martin, as always. But today I am joined by none other than the Je- Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith. Of LA. Whoa. Whoa. You know, we, we did a little weird, a couple weird ones before. So let's get back into something. Do you want to do a nice, a nice chill one like yeah, Will Smith yeah, yeah. and Jeff Goldblum. You know, we're in that weird spot between Christmas and New Year's. Mathis, have you seen Independence Day? Yes. Okay. Uh, then it's, you know what? I'll allow it. I, got, I saw it in theaters and then we had it on VHS. All right. My question for you, Mr. Fasciani. Yeah. Have you seen Independence Day? Yeah, Are you? <laughs> Everyone's seen it. That movie is a, it's certainly a classic something. Are you Will or are you Jeff? Man, see, in a, a long time ago, back in 2020, before the slap, 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 I would have said that you were without a doubt the Will Smith and I was the Jeff Goldblum. Now, I would say we're both Jeff Goldblum. Good Will answer. Smith's dead to Good us. answer. <laughs> Good answer. Science over, science over war, world peace forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good answer. I like it. All right, we're stuck with two Jeff Goldblums. You know what? You're not stuck with two Jeff Goldblums. Guys, we're blessed You're with blessed two Jeff Goldblums. With two Jeff Goldblums. I mean, only one of us here has gotten to hang out with him and maybe arguably pretend that you're his friend. So, dude, loved it. Big fan. Big fan. I'm have, you, have you, have you, have you? introduced him as your friend jeff goldblum yet you text him all the time like hey what up jeffy how you told me yeah yeah <laughs> he probably doesn't remember what did he call you what did he call you i can't remember jess? he gave you like a nickname didn't he it's just my name he just called me jess oh okay he yeah. didn't like say anything <laughs> jess, weird yeah, yeah he just, no yeah all right he just he called like him jay sex he called him yeah. jay sex you got so. to hang out with jeff goldblum while he wore leather pants even that then. was a wild trip i feel like uh no one told him he was gonna do that I felt I felt for that man. He was like, <laughs> was like thrust upon it's like, him. I'm going to sit here for how long and play Jurassic Park, the computer game yeah. that I don't care about at uh, all. I also want to shout out Michael Martin. Hello, it's me. What? He's just, for you what? know, he's dropping the he's dropping the he's dropping the SN. He's just trying it on. You know what I'm saying? The SN? The SN? The screen name. You're not. You said I'm Michael Martin. You said I'm. You yeah. can say I'm Mathis. Oh, yeah. Well, said, well, well, well. Yeah. You're going to get Michael on me Martin. for being called Jess. All right, right, Michael I Martin. Say, I'm Mike. It's, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin. I usually say Mike Martin, not Michael Martin. Michael, I don't say Mathis on this why podcast. Are you, why, why are you informed? Why are you, in, why are you Michael today? That, that's always been that, dudes. You guys are just only noticing it now. No, no, I'm you saying, introduced oh, yourself. Said, my oh, name yeah, is because Michael. I told you, because like, I don't know why today I went with Michael Martin. I don't know why my brain made that jump michael martin's does sound kind of like a guy presenting a case like a litigation yeah okay but what if i told you i'm michael martin jr does that change what i am am i now still you're litigating a now you're like a like a folk painter all right i'll, I'll take i am a junior i'm a junior you only paint landscapes but you always have the same woman in every landscape yeah oh like just like, a, like, like a figure. woman or is she like always like the like very visible oh no she's, she's hidden in some yeah she's oh, like, a, like she's yeah, like yeah, a, right. when how hitchcock puts himself in his all his movies yep yep okay. you're like, like the it. m night Shyamalan of of paintings Ooh. in 1998 right. in an episode Ooh. of antiques roadshow one of your paintings was valued at six thousand dollars yeah. oh i'll take it very dude. That's more than i ever yeah. expected yeah. any of my art to be in 2022 it's still six thousand dollars he died during the civil war when he accidentally shot himself with the with the rifle <laughs> yeah, he accidentally shot himself with a rifle through his balls, and then he got his wife pregnant uh, with the by hitting her in the belly with his 
his bullet that went. People through said his it couldn't set. happen, but I it was the it. first case he, that I proved it. it. Yeah, yeah. That's why everyone uh, thinks you could get pregnant from a toilet seat. It's true. Yeah. And speaking of things that people think are made up but maybe aren't, head over to Patreon.com/slash/IlluminatiPod okay. <laughs> where you can actually sign up. You really can. This is not a joke website. You can go there. You give us money and you get stuff in return. That sounds like, like a joke website. I'm not gonna lie. It is a joke website. That's the new slogan. Uh, is uh, It's not a joke website. That's how it goes. Uh, you can get ad-free episodes. You can get f- like a 15 to an hour long mini-sode after every episode. It really that we is. The, the past four of them have been over a half hour each. I think two of them were over 40 minutes. They were the fucking regular episodes. When we do finally... Yeah, when the compilations finally catch up to those, that's going to be a chunker, bros. They're only going to be able to have like a two. I'm not yeah. going to put a two-hour episode of minisodes <laughs> out there. It's going to be a chunker. Although some quality is a little bit better than others, admittedly. Admittedly, it's not true at all. We always bring our S-tier game. Oh, we bring an S-tier, and sometimes we go on a 25-minute rant about, like, ridiculous stuff. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it sounds like the podcast to me, baby. Yeah. The podcast. Let's Speaking of which, let's get to casting. Sign up for our Patreon. It's not a joke website. It's true. It's not okay. Uh, yeah, today, boys, we're in that weird time period right now of like after Christmas, before New Year's. Everybody's feeling kind of you know a little lazy, still a little relaxed. Maybe some people don't even go back to work. Mm. And I could have done that. You know, I could have said, you know what, we're not going to do an episode minisode compilation. But I said no. Wow, we're going to do an episode, and here we are. But we're going to keep it light. We're going to keep it fun. Hero. Uh, today we're going to take a look at. Uh, I have ten. We might do a little more, but ten of the weirdest. Christmas slash New Year cryptids that exist. Specifically New Year cryptids? Mostly Christmas, to be fair. Mostly Christmas cryptids. <laughs> all but right, there's all a few right, that okay. like they operate until January 1st and then they leave. So uh, you know, we've got some some weird ones. I think Jesse, I'd be curious how many of these you guys know. Jesse, I know you know at least one of these. I think you did a Cox is and it, Crendor on is there. It Santa on Claus? There at one point. Is it the Yule Cat? I'm going to blow some fucking minds. I'm going to blow some fucking minds. Is it the Yule Cat? Santa has origins prior to uh, being called Santa Claus. So, Santa Claus? No, we're not going to do Santa. You did pick, you did hit on one slash two there with the Yule Lads, though. We'll talk about the Yule Lads. I know about the Yule Lads. I think he's going to be on the list. Uh, Crampy? Well, yeah, he's actually the first one on the list. The Crankies, the much more famous. Oh, no, no, Crankies. I think it's Crampy, like Krampus. Crankies? Christmas is the Crankies? Apparently, yeah. like the ones we did last week, the I can't even remember the name of the two dudes anymore are like mega famous. And one of them was in Drop Dead Fred, which I like I said, I've bizarrely seen Wait, what Yeah, remember the two English actor duos that we talked about last week. And one of them was dead. Oh, We got roasted on yeah. the forums about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, they don't know them. Rick May- Mayall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Dean. And Aid Edmondson are our, uh, thank you, uh, producer. Uh, yeah, um, they are apparently very famous. And one- I don't know why we're expected to have this like extremely British knowledge. <laughs> I just don't have it. I I wish I did. You did. I don't know why Cox we were Con. The, the crankies. Well, I don't. I don't know why anybody expected me to know that. Even Dean didn't know the goddamn crankies. Bro, we should have had the crankies at Coxcon for the last. We should have had a lot of Cox. All I'm gonna say is <laughs> should have had a lot of Coxcon. <laughs> <laughs> should have had a lot of Coxcon. Bitchon.com/slash chillinipod. We should have had a lot of Coxcon. All not I'm saying is. Uh, we can't expect to be expected to know it, but we have come on here and been like, rough, rough, tweet, and dive. So really, <laughs> people expect us to know all sorts of stuff. You know, 
but I, I I don't even know what that reference is. That's to tell you. It's just British TV. It's like a British TV show ah. of, like about weird animated animals. What? People? The only British TV show I have seen is Doctor Who and the QI show at, at uh, Alex's house. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's all I've seen. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Uh, does that count? Because it came to America. You didn't watch Br- British episodes of The Weakest Link. No, right? I did not. No. You watched like American ones. <laughs> but she is note. British, so yeah, that's true. Like Toast of London, like those kinds of like. You, have you ever seen yeah. IT Crowd? None of that. No. Basically, it's Matt Berry. Have you ever just like you know? Wait, I have seen The British Office. That's not Matt Berry, but like okay, that's actually surprising. I saw that first before America Office. I'm actually that's actually very surprising. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. It was quite good. I saw it in high school, weirdly. Okay. Okay, but that's, today's not about that. Um, and today isn't about that the Majestic 12 documents might be real, and we'll talk about that in the actual mini-sode, because uh, that's insane. You know, we got we got a list to go through. The first one's going to be one that we've already talked about, so we'll do it very, very quickly, and that's obviously none other than Krampus. We did an episode 19, I think, is our Krampus episode, if you want to feel like how true? long this podcast has been going. Four years ago... We are one month away from our five-year anniversary in February, which is fucking nuts to me. You know Um, how we can tell we were bored in February five years ago? We're just like, (laughs) we're going to do a podcast. Okay. Yeah, okay. Diamond, diamond, diamond. Yeah, yeah. There was no okay from you, Alex. This is diamond, diamond. And Jesse's first response was, how often? And I was like, (laughs) just once every two weeks to start, man. We'll see how this goes first. And now you're stuck. Now you're at 185 episodes in with no end in sight. The tunnel just keeps getting deeper and darker. Uh, you know what? I like it down here. It's cozy. Yeah, I do too, honestly. I Moist. love it a lot. So obviously, yeah. if you don't know what Krampus is, he's basically a goat-like looking demon from mythology, Germanic mythology specifically, who shows up at Christmas time, not to give kids presents, but to pick them up, put them in his bag, and spank them with a bunch of sticks, Smack usually. Smack the shit out of them. Beat the ever-living taxes. shit out of them. People still celebrate Krampus all over the world today. People dress up as him and do all these things. Celebrate? You know Is that the right word? They're not like, we love the Krampuses vibe. We appreciate what he does. <laughs> well, I think a few of them now, other than scaring kids, they do give out like candies and stuff at the end before they go away. You know, they, 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 they gentrified uh, Krampus. Yes, they gentrified the Krampus a little bit. Yep. And they've like other he ones comes that and smacks the shit out of one bad kid and throws the other kids a bunch of fucking candies. <laughs> but they have to <laughs> watch be... the bad kid get smacked. Yeah. Dude, out of the three of us, who would have been the one to get beat? Me. Let's not pretend. All right. I like. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's I, not I agree pretend. with that answer. I agree I'm a with good that boy. Yeah. I got my Sega Genesis the year that I asked for it because I was so good the whole year. That's awesome. My, my dad gave me a Sega Genesis that he bought out of some guy's car for a hundred bucks. My parents told me I had to wait for a super. They were like, a Super Nintendo was coming. Your uncle read about it. So I had to wait two years for a Super Nintendo. <laughs> oh Your uncle that God. works at Nintendo? <laughs> I don't. I did find out later. My uncle was like a hard. I learned about Warcraft from my uncle. I watched him play Whoa. Warcraft Orcs versus humans and was like. It's his fault. What's this? He was a big old nerd. Except little, he's not at all. He was like a closet did he know nerd. He then dictated the rest of your life from that One moment day, on. One day Orcs versus humans. OMFG. Next day, so hyped about Cataclysm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was it really. <laughs> Um, we, we did an episode on Krampus, like I said, a long while ago in that we look a little bit deeper into the origins of Krampus. So go listen to that. But we also then put the theory that he might, might be an alien, uh, also because that's eh, during the times where really I had no rules on the kind of episodes I was going to do. I was just doing yeah, back then. It was a crazy show idea. Yeah. Today, way more organized. Yeah. All right. Way less crazy. 
Um, but yeah, that's that's Krampus. I, I all, he's a he's a cool dude. I like Krampus quite a bit. All right, let's yeah. move on to the well, next well, one. Well, one's well, true. You can't say cool dude. Krampus beats children. Pretty cool dude. Pretty cool dude. K- kids I suck. have him kids at my suck. Christmas. Right. I have nothing to suck. fear. Goodbye. Exactly. I have nothing to fear. Goodbye. If Satan, the only people who dig- are afraid of Krampus are the people who got problems. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just watched our producer like lose his soul for a moment on that thing. That was fun. <laughs> Um, so the next one we're going to talk about is one I had never heard of, and I'll be curious if you boys did. Uh, Frau Perkta. Frau Perkta, the Christmas witch. Perkta? P-E-R-C-H-T-A. I'm assuming that's how you say it. Perkta. Is that uh, the German name for Elsa from Frozen? Uh, yes. Good joke. <laughs> you got him. You got, got him. Me. He was like, I don't know. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I, I have Thank seen bits of Frozen. Patreon.com slash Illuminati pod, please. Help <laughs> we us out. Support, support the show. It's not a time. joke website. <laughs> please I go. Want you, I want you to know this. I didn't know who this was. I went to go Google it. And the very first line on Google is, don't F with Frau Perkta. Got it? <laughs> what, are you, I don't. I don't know who, what are you about to tell us? Frau Perkta. Well, I'm about to tell you Terrifying here. Christmas witch. Oh, uh, shit. This comes off of, uh, yeah, this is this is actually your, I think you're looking at the source of this, of my, like, bulk of Why information here. Why does she look here. like this? Burrowsofthedead.com. Uh, thank you very much. Frau Perkta isn't as well known as Krampus, obviously, uh, but this Christmas time goddess slash witch thing, uh, she's, she's still kind of scary as shit. She's a staple in the Alpine regions of southern Germany and Austria. Where is rel- uh, Krampus from? Uh, German, he's Germany. He's Germanic as well. Germans. Germany and Iceland, What's dude. Going Those on? are going to be the two on, countries y'all? we look at today and go, "What's wrong with you?" Is They're in okay? touch with the fucked up shit in their souls in a way that we are not. And it's I, true. I have to look up to them for that. Like Frau Perkta, real talk. She looks like the grandma of one of the blockheads from Gumby, hanging out with fucking Rasputin. It's it looks fucked up. Looking. She looks like the vacuum from the Brave Little Toaster. It's fucked up. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Oh my you. god! It's yes! fucked up. I have seen that movie so many times. That movie is horrifying. and It's it, actually genuinely scary. It is. It's a scary fucking movie. That movie is so scary. Um, uh, according to the book Old Magic of Christmas, written by uh, Linda Rydisk, Frau Perkta was also known as Berkta or Bertha, and it's also been called uh, Spinstubenfrau. Spinstubenfrau? Spinstubenfrau. Or... Spinning room lady yeah. is what it translates to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's Things usually depicted from. with a beaked nose made out of iron, dressed in rags, carrying a cane sometimes, and generally resembles a decrepit old crone. Uh, but this crone is a dangerous lady as she carries a long knife hidden under her skirt at oh, all times. Oh, shit. She's the fucking <laughs> she's monster packing. from Don't Look Now. Yeah. She also bears a resemblance to the Scandinavian goddess Frigga, and both of them share one obsession, spinning specifically and, domest- uh, and domestic neatness generally. So spinning is like spinning yarn, you know, thread, that kind of thing. Not like sure, spinning sure. in a room. When I originally read this, I was like, what do you mean? She was just like or records. No, I, th- I pictured her in a room just spinning in circles and I was, did not understand what they meant. It took DJ me a few DJ Frau Perkta. Just like exercising hard. She pulls in guest DJ Shaq as he walks in. <laughs> I'm a police officer. <laughs> She's a pretty judge e character about the state of your home uh, for someone who uh, also kind of just dresses in rags. And legend has it that you'd better get all your flax spun by the 12th night, which is January 6th. Yo, says the same. Whoa, she goes whoa, into January. Whoa. Quote, 
For when the Christmas season was over, it would be time to set up the big upright loom, at which time you must have enough thread to warp it and start your weaving. And what's Frau Perkta's punishment for those lazy ladies who haven't finished all their weaving? Quote, in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, there were numerous tales of Frau Perkta trampling and even setting fire to the half-spun fibers. So she just ran in, knocked it over, stomped all over it, and sometimes was like, you know what, fuck you extra. And burn I don't think I like Frau Perkta very much. I feel like she is made up to keep women in line, which is not, which I don't like. Well, she makes, she you gives might, me a bad vibe. You might be wondering what she's going to do if not only is your flax not spun, but your house is not clean because she loves I'm, a clean house. I imagine she's going to stab me with her fucking knife. No? And, you don't, and also, what if you forgot to leave out her traditional bowl of porridge for this her? This is the most German shit I've ever, like, <laughs> it is like delicious cookies. It's like, this is like multiverse porridge. Santa. This is like Santa's of the multiverse. Well, this is instead of, uh, the, let's what, tell me at the end files. of this, like, yeah, she's, I would put her from multiverse 666. All right. Yeah. Because yeah, sure. Stomping on your, you know, thread is, is garbage and setting it on fire. Extra mean. But if you leave your house dirty and don't leave out her pol porridge, she'll rampage through your whole house. And by the end of it, she'll uh, smash into your room, disembowel you and replace your guts with rocks and straw. So first off, that That's is, <laughs> that is like a true detective up. season, but also yeah. that is Alex, you're 100% right. This is a cautionary tale to women to be like, you better clean, you better spin, you better not cause any trouble or else you'll be disemboweled. That's exactly <laughs> what this is. It's crazy. Don't make any noise. Clean up your place. Or we will porridge cut you all the time. <laughs> yeah. I Land porridge porn. ready to go at any moment. I don't want to <laughs> see salt even near it. Uh, other legends have her uh, in association with the legend of the wild hunt as well, saying that she flies through the night sky attended by an army of lost souls, including demonic looking Perkton, her army of servants who are visually nearly indistinguishable from what we know uh, as Krampus. So she okay. Flies around things so that this look is like Krampus. Krampus. This is like Grendel and Grendel's mom. Kind okay, of, yeah. so let's throw this. Let's throw this out there. There's like a Men in Black style agency, uh, <laughs> funded by the patriarchy, and they want to keep ladies in line. The queen is Frau Perkta, and her agents all look like Krampuses. And the Krampuses have a side gig where they spank little kids <laughs> in sacks because they're, you know, they're demons from another realm. They have a side gig. They need some money. That's how they gas up. You know, they, they it's like the, the monsters need the screams from the kids in Monsters, Inc. Right. So if we use that science, uh, you know, you can say that the Krampuses are the soldiers of Frau Perkta uh, and uh, we need Doctor Who to save us. And that's it. That's right. that's what's going here's on. Here's the thing. It does. Like, I, I love that. I love that. It's like, well, yeah, Krampus is out there in Germany causing trouble, but it's not Krampus got to worry about it's Krampus's mama. And then, oh, I love the hierarchy of we, like. Yeah, we got like a whole fucking story oh being written my before God. us. Here. Yeah, this works. Just I like Cloverfield. This. I'm also yeah, going to Cloverfield. I'm going to send you a quick screenshot here of a another creature that is sometimes associated with her in stories, though they're not like very commonly, but occasionally. Uh, and these are called the Stregel. There you go. Stregel? That sounds the like stregel? a cookie. I'm going to be honest the with stregel? you. That sounds like a delicious cookie. Uh, in many places, such as Switzerland. Oh! <laughs> That's a straggle. Uh, All right. If you this guy know, rules, I'm just going to read right off of this. In many imagine, places. imagine Alex Fasciani with horns. <laughs> imagine I oh, was no. completely covered to, in fur. 
Imagine I was hired to train Hercules to be the best that he could be. <laughs> and <laughs> so you're voiced by Danny DeVito, and I'm voiced by Danny oh DeVito. Oh my god! At, except I'm also like half Ferengi for some reason. <laughs> yeah, you do got a, a Ferengi vibe. You're not wrong. This is uh, also related to, to to her. Yeah, sometimes they're seen right like she rides with them as like pets and stuff. These are her little uh, minis. So this yeah, is like so the majestic guys, twelve of Christmas is what we're looking at here. <laughs> oh God. Um, so s these guys are seen in these Switzerland short Browns. and Perkta rides with a throng of demonic looking helpers known as Straggle. So she's seen with Perkta. How big are they? Like Perkta, what size? Size wise. Poor guy. I don't know. Size? They look tiny to me. But these are basically the pets of the Krampuses. <laughs> Wait, so wait. Krampuses have Pokemon is what you're telling me? <laughs> so, okay, let me, let's, let, before you interrupt me, let me just lay it out real quick. So, uh, Frau rides with Perkta, who are the things that look like Krampuses. They're and like these the nine, are the yeah. things that are known to ride with the Perkta. They ride a, a throng of demonic helpers. They're like, the Perkta have these things in throngs, so I'm going to imagine they're not like super big. And, I'm going to uh, imagine that they're on like Chewbacca style bandoliers across. And they pick one <laughs> off and like throw it like a grenade at yeah. someone. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, they, and it uh, just rolls out and just goes. These little fuckers love to partake of the feast offerings that are left out for them on Christmas by people hoping for Perkta's blessing of wealth and health in just the new year. Just chowing down on porridge, just and shaking some, it down. Yeah, yeah, literally. And in some places, these guys get to dole out the punishments themselves and aren't terribly discerning as they rob all bad children and tear them to pieces in the air. What? I like that she's. I like that she's like delegating responsibility. Yeah, she's got a whole kingdom nice. of creatures she runs. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. hilarious. Uh, while so we're on you're the telling me there's no way to tell where Frau Perkta was on January sixth. No, we can't tell you. We don't know. Yeah. No, it was the final knows. day. It was the final day. Perhaps, perhaps nobody the White knows. House didn't leave out the bowl of porridge. Like Maybe that guy with the horns was really. Oh, he was one of the perks. Maybe he was a Krampus. Yeah. Or he was a straggle. Maybe he could have been a yeah. straggle. No, he's too, too big to be a straggle. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. It's too and he said he couldn't. He couldn't eat because he was a vegan or some shit. Ah, uh, yeah, some hilarious. Uh, some victim noise. That's all I remember. Oh um, man. But the uh, I just want to say also, uh, on the topic, I saw Krampus between last week and this week, and the that movie? movie. Yeah, that movie was mid. It was okay. The they I felt like a lot of lost potential was had. It was a lot of a lot of building to some coolish scenes, some really cool creature designs, and then it was over. I think that movie has more potential the bigger your own imagination is. Yeah, and maybe. How, and yeah. how willing you are to accept. There's the, so many things that could have done movie, with that. The one in the movie does it dress like Santa? Does it wear a Santa? Outfit? Yeah, he well, like at the reveal of him at the end is he's like under the hood. He's like a, a decaying looking Santa, like a, a mummified version almost. It's just like all like withdrawn and shit. And he's got horns. He looks fucking do you think, cool. Do you, think Krampus wears, do you think Krampus wears Santa a lot? I mean, like, yeah, like, do you think he wears Santa? No, I don't think a lot? he wears Santa garb often. I don't. I don't think he would. Be. I feel like I think of him on like media, like you know how people draw the Mothman and like little green men all the time. Mm -hmm. I feel like when people draw the Krampus, he's dressed like Santa most of the time. Like if he's like smoking a doobie, he's also dressed. It's like always. Santa. It's always okay. like a little kid is like standing there waiting for for you know Santa, and then he turns around, and he's like yeah, like that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, he looks like he looks like the chupacabra dressed like Santa. <laughs> right, what he looks yeah. like, like dead ass. Uh, and just so you are aware, the army of of souls that follows her in the sky are the souls of unbaptized children. Well, there you go. So this thing, the, so these things are like pro Christian for some reason. <laughs> They're like, we won't touch them if you bless them with the water of the God, the one true God who we believe in. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, legend has it if you hear the wind and thunder roaring and rumbling through the mountains on Berkta nights, you're really hearing the sound of Perkta leading the wild hunt. I'm sorry, what was that? What was that last bit? Uh, so if, uh, the whole thing, legend has it. If you no, 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 I'm sorry. Berkta nights. B e r c h t l nights. Berkta nights. In more modern times, she's kind of more known as Mother Hall. Uh, who's a winter goddess whose name means shining or bright. So again, they're gentrifying her. Uh, her association is with Epiphany or the shining night on which the star of Bethlehem shone down. Her dual nature is expressed in the fact that there are both evil or ugly Perkton and pretty Perkton, both of oh. whom you might find in a typical Perktonlauf or Perkton run in the Alpine regions of Europe. The pretty Perkton are all well and good, but honestly, uh, you know, the evil Perkton are way cooler looking overall. This is a weird, this, there, there's some weird overtones. This is like how yeah. the tall whites are like low key racist. This is like some, like <laughs> some people are ugly and they're worse. Can we get objectively like, than we, pretty people? Can we get like a movement to bring back old Berkta, old, old Frau Perkta back and not, and not this like nice mother hall version yeah, of her. I want the guy who starts off the special edition Jabba's palace theme song. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> I need to get on the internet right now and write the people making the next Witcher game and be like, this is a quest line. You gotta yeah. get the scene there, go, man. This is the, like, the Christmas quest. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> fight like one of the dudes, and then it's like, oh, but there was a mother. Like, yeah. Oh, come on. It's so and there's easy. Yeah, you're right. Looking like, guys running around. Come on, it's perfect. That's super great. Well, that's that's our first creature. There you go. That's Frau Perkta. Next up is one that you may have heard of, uh, called the Belsnickel. Nope. Do you know what the bell snickle is? You said may, but I've been the go reason ahead I'm saying may is because fans of The Office may recognize it as the person that Dwight dressed up as in a, one of the mid seasons, like five or six or something, and he drew, drew he dressed time. up as the bell snickle for for the holidays. Um, you can take a look at this thing. He's a guy who wears like he's got twigs Don't in his hair, mean. and he's all kinds of weird looking. Um, he's a crotchety fur clad Christmas gift bringer figure in the folklore of the Palatinate region of southwestern, you guessed it, Germany, along the Rhine, the Saarland. They, fucking, they got like different traditions in each house yeah, over there. Yeah, they got so many Christmas people. Time out, time oh, out, time this out. guy doesn't look good. I just, I'm so. Every one of these is just another version of Alex. Look at this photo. It's another Tell version me. of Alex. <laughs> This is not good. This is like Alex wrapped in a fur coat kind of vibe. This How come half of them are like... Oh, look, even the smile! It has the Alex Alex's smile! Alex's perfect smile! He has his I don't smile. like that half of them are in blackface, guys. What's up with that? <laughs> what do you want? Wait, this guy's not in blackface, is he? No, why? Like, about half of the ones that I'm seeing are in blackface. Oh, I'm not looking at one that's that. I don't know. I'm oh, not that's seeing that. soot? Because but... it comes down the chimney? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. What are you, oh, the man. fucking Dutch government? <laughs> yeah, are we trying to? Do, are we realizing that we started a podcast with a cryptid who just over time has had to change his identity? If there was ever a cryptid, Alex is a cryptid, one hundred percent. I've right, never met a excellent. more cryptid man. <laughs> <laughs> he, he literally it just did the how, smile. Like, identical that looks when you do that. <laughs> it sucks. It's like crazy, dude. Someone like. <laughs> Someone just like saw you in their visions and drew you. It's it's incredible. All right. The Bell Snickle is a crotchety fur clad Christmas gift bringer out in that area. I told you about uh, Germany along the Rhine, the Saarland, Odenwald area of Baden-Württemberg. The figure is also uh, preserved in Pennsylvania, Dutch communities and Brazilian German communities. Uh, the Bell Snickle is related to the other companions of St. Nicholas. Again, multiple companions for for Santa out here in German-speaking Europe. 
he may have been based off an older German myth, Necht Ruprecht, a servant of St. Nicholas and a character from Northern Germany. Unlike those figures though, Belsnickel does not accompany St. Nicholas, but instead visits alone and combines both the threatening and the benign aspects, which in other traditions are divided between St. Nicholas and the companion figure. This guy shows up, beats the shit out of your kid, and then gives him a PlayStation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, that's, and he's uh, wearing yeah, questionable so. face makeup? <laughs> uh, Belsnickel is a man wearing furs and sometimes a mask with a t long tongue. Which we've he looks seen. like Radagast the Brown is what he looks like. He really Straight does. Up. That's an amazing uh, way to, to, to... Straight up, that's what he Describe like. him. Uh, the mask with the long tongue, I, I find that fascinating because that's also seen on... on I've seen in modern, like, Krampus, I would you know call it celebrations, but, like, you know, festivals or wherever, and it's, like, that same mask with a really long tongue. Yeah, uh, I know the one. He is typically a rag... Time He's, out, time yeah, out, yeah, time yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the most important thing you've ever... So we're all aware of the amazing Kurt Russell film, The Christmas Chronicles. Well, no. yeah. you clearly aren't aware of the sequel that came I'm out not. in 2020. Christmas Chronicles 2 or whatever it was called. <laughs> the enemy, the villain of that movie oh, no. is the boy from Deadpool 2. And his name. <laughs> he's the Belsnickel? He's Belsnickel. That's hilarious. He's the I never even heard of the first movie, so I don't fucking know. And the best part is, is he's wearing a leather jacket, and he just looks like a young kid in a leather jacket. <laughs> they really went all Which out. Which is, you know, the Belsnickel. Yeah, the Belsnickel. He's not a typically very ragged and disheveled man, wearing worn, wears torn, tattered, and dirty clothes, and carries a switch in his hand, to which he beats naughty children, but also pockets full of cake, candies, and nuts. For pockets full of cake? Candy and nuts. Who is I'll this deranged reach man? Reach into my pocket, young man, and grab my nuts. You, he, he puts it all in his pocket, and then he walks around for 25 years, and then a fruitcake <laughs> comes out. <laughs> you gotta bring snacks. Well, there is a first-hand account of this guy. A first-hand no. 19th century account of the Belsnickel... No, I'm just kidding. It was the Belsnickel tradition. Uh, happened in Maryland, U.S., uh, particularly Allegheny County. It can be found in Brown's mis Miscellaneous Writings, a collection of essays by Jacob Brown, uh, who was born in 1824, and of uh, writing of a period around 1830, Brown says, quote, We did not hear of Santa Claus. Instead, the tradition called for a visit by a different character altogether. He was known as Chris Grinkle, Belt, Belt Snickle, and sometimes as the Christmas Woman. I don't know why. that That's weird. He's sometimes known as Chris, Kring Chris Krinkle, which obviously would turn into Chris Kringle later, uh, right. and Beltsnickle. They're both the men, and then, but sometimes he's known as the Christmas woman. Uh, children then not only saw the mysterious person, but felt him, or rather his stripes upon their backs with his switch. So you don't even get to see the guy. He's invisible, and he just fucking whacks you without you being able to see him. Definitely not man, their parents quickly hitting their children and hiding it behind their back, claiming it was the Beltsnickle. Do you, is that, is that a thing? I don't, what, the, the parents hit them and hide it? I don't know. That's not part of the bell. This Snickle. is the 1830s. I, anything could be happening in the 1830s. Listen, I know we got to be careful how we talk about these things on here, but there are elements of the Christmas tradition, even in America, where, you know, we say one thing's happening, but really, in the end, it turns out to be the parents doing something behind the kids' backs. This is an 18-only podcast. If you clicked so, on it, you know it, so. I didn't say what it was. I know. But I just... I, I want just you both want to know. I want you both to know. It took me a second to realize what you were talking about because I'll be honest, 
I thought you were saying some really mess. I was like, what are you implying happens in all? I, I will say when he said that, I was uh, when you when you prefaced. I was very. Saying, I was we have like, to be careful what are you we talk saying? About. I was ready but to say But then you went in on it out. too. And I was like, what are you? You made it sound way worse. Okay, but way we're all worse. on the page now, and we know it's not whatever the fuck you guys were thinking it was, and it's definitely just what I think it is. Right? I just want to make clear that everyone at home listening we're understands. We're on the same Listen, page. I'm not afraid anymore. We have Dean here. He can edit anything. Magic can happen. In fact, last week, he did what we asked him to do. His, his British voice showed up and said Illuminati podcast over Alex's wrong show call out during the Patreon segment. So thank you, Dean. Amazing. We appreciate your, Amazing. That's your good discipline. Editing. Good editing. <laughs> subscribe to Superbeard Brothers. No, subscribe to Chiluminati Pod on Patreon because that's how we pay Dean. JesseCox.com. <laughs> uh, the annual visitor would make his appearance some hours after dark, thoroughly disguised, especially the face, which would sometimes be covered with a hideous, ugly fizz. Generally wore... What? Uh, P-H-I-S. Fizz? P-H-I-Z. Fizz. What is what that? What the fuck is that? Is that a fez? I, that's what maybe? You know... I don't know. No, what? No. I'm looking a it up. A fizz is a person's face or expression. Oh, okay. So what? what? Fizz. I can't believe this is a, fizz? a this is a quote. Twas enough to paste his fizz on the cover of Time magazine. Just we need to talk face. like that again. We need to get back to that. Yeah, it just means face. Uh, yeah, he was co- covered by a hideous. It says covered by a uh, hideously ugly fizz, aka face. Generally wore a female garb. Hence the name, ah, Christmas woman. Sometimes it would be a... Do we mean like a mask, maybe? Yeah, well, they said sometimes he wears a mask with a long tongue and all that. So that's, maybe that's what they meant. Uh, and uh, yeah, sometimes it would be a veritable woman, but with a masculine force in action. Again, this is from a book from 1830. Uh, he or she would be equipped with an ample sack about the shoulders filled with cakes, mm. nuts, and fruits, and a long hazel switch, which was supposed to have some kind of charm in it, as well as a sting. One hand would scatter the goodies upon the floor and then the scramble would begin by the delighted children. And the other hand would ply the switch between the backs of the excited youngsters who would not uh, show a wince. But had it been parental discipline, there would have been screams to reach a long distance. So it doesn't even hurt them when he hits them. They don't even know he's hitting them until it's too late. Very strange. Uh, So, yeah, you you know, that's the bell snickel. A quick overview of that particular Christmas character. Has flavors of Krampus, flavors, flavors of Santa. Before you move on, I need, I went down a rabbit hole that I'm not sure I should have. Um, fizz isn't fizz. Fizz is a shortened form of fizzog, which is a shortened form Visage? of. Uh, no, no. It was a shortened form of physogamy, which is the study of outward appearance, especially features of the face to determine temperament. So they, oh. they were like, let me see that fizzog of yours. What? <laughs> that's very Language is weird. insane. Yeah, that's insane. Fizz. What the hell? Okay. And then did fizz become face? I don't even like. Okay. Bro, I have no clue. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, he's still celebrated in weird ways all over the world. So this guy, have a, did he roll with, like, he rolled alone? He was like, the he rolled alone. He showed up on his own. He was, uh, he threw all the candies on the floor and then he would hit the kids as they were scrambling. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I know. It's great. I think it's super funny. How do they make up that part of the legend? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he fucking throws the fucking candies on the floor and then he smacks the kids. Let neck. me ask you a question. If he, if you're a child and you don't go for the candies, do you get smacked? 
No, 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 no. He's hitting. He basically throws all the candies on the ground and then he will hit only the bad kids as they scramble. They go for the candy. Uh, no, not even a- the good kids. The good kids he ignores who are going for the candy. It's the bad kids. It's basically what? like it like creates an easy target. Creates an easy target. Seriously, like wax them as they're going for it. Uh, it feels like more of a game. And they don't feel it. They can't feel it either. It just, do you think he after. did that to begin with? Like he went in there and he yeah, would smack the kids and then eventually was like, it's not fun anymore. I feel like this they all started from a weird it. like 1700s perv that uh, then built a legend around also, his Also, what was the 1700s candy? That like hard pack. Enjoy, kids. Cake, yeah, the hard, hard molasses. I don't fucking An orange. know. Just like a fucking orange, like half like an a orange. Fruit? <laughs> yeah. It's like kind of dry because it's been like sitting on the fucking dusty counter for a week, getting all covered in bug shit and whatever. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Here's a gross orange. All right. Next one. Have you boys heard of Hans Trop, the cannibalistic Christmas scarecrow? Is this also Germany? Oh, let's find out, boys. Uh, and this one, a uh, big shout out to Steampunk Librarian for uh, for the info on this one. Uh, there is some sexual assault, so be wary if that, you know, something you're, you don't want to hear. Uh, so this guy is a, a weird, bizarre uh, creature from Alessia Lorraine. And it's very interesting because we have the legend, but we also have plenty of information on the historical figure from which the legend sprang. This story went from a man having a dispute with the Catholic Church to being a boogeyman who eats children. And this, uh, this guy, who the guy who's based off of, is a man by the name of Hans von Trotha. Hans von Trotha. He's got like a very Game of Thrones uh, coat of arms, honestly. It's really cool. I Vibes. like it a lot. Yeah, it's a really cool looking like dude. So the legend is uh, multiple in, in, in its core. Uh, the milder version of the legend claims that he was a black knight that stalked the Palatinate region, much like the Belsnickel, and that he was used as a threat to make children behave. The legend of the Jungfernsprung, however, he then gains a much more sinister reputation as a man who stalks a maiden through the forest, causing her to fall from rock formations, uh, the rock formation known as Maiden's Leap, which she miraculously survives. Quote, once a maiden, once a maiden ventured into the forest of dawn to pick berries, when she was far away from home, a man suddenly burst out of the thicket, probably the robber baron Hans Trop from Beriswestein Castle. The man clearly intended to rob the virgin of her innocence, so the young maiden gathered up her skirts and took to flight, but the villain came ever closer to her. In her panic, the young lass failed to watch where she was going. All of a sudden, she found herself, panting for breath, at the edge of the precipice with the houses of the town far below. Without stopping to think, the young maiden fell over the abyss, and now the miracle happened, because her skirts ballooned out and let her float down gently. She survived the leap entirely unhurt. And ever since, at the spot where her foot had landed, a spring has flowed. That's like the, the like more, uh, I guess you call it aggressive version of this guy. Um, and this that was like in the 1800s uh, or so on. And that particularly was pulled um, from, oh God, uh, the Westfalz Journal, Sagenhaft Felsen der Jorgensprung, which was from 2013. So German. This is still yep, a German. Yep, thing. It's still German. Of course. This episode yes. is called Germany's complicated relationship with Christmas. <laughs> Literally, like all the horrifying creatures kind of uh, for Christmas specifically sprout from that area. Uh, after that, the story seemed to take a turn for the much, much worse. An article on Ripley's website describes Trap as being the worst of the anti-Santas. It said that at one point he stabbed a child, 
sliced him into tiny pieces, and cooked and ate his flesh. So, you know, probably, I would say, give him the worst anti-Santa tag after that. I don't know how much how you get. Much more worse than stabbing and eating a child. Um, so, but again, the Ripley's Believe It or Not doesn't check their sources. So take that with obviously a grain of salt. Okay. Uh, a Pathios article delves into some medieval satanic panic and describes the legendary figure as being a, quote, cruel man of great wealth who acquired his wealth not through hard work, but from acts of magic and packs with demons. He himself being a man who worshipped Satan. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, well, then nothing happened. This is also fake because I tried the same thing and it didn't fucking work. Uh, magic is specifically spelled with a K because old timey magic. Sweet. <laughs> Uh, this whole thing of this cruel man seems to be the, the, the source of actual fact, because this is what led to what he calls great battles with the church and the pope and was eventually excommunicated from the church. Everything he owned was taken by the church and he was shunned and banished. Uh, he would eventually seclude himself in the woods where he invested even more time in black magic, supposedly, which made him lose his mind and caused a taste for human flesh. He then enacted a plan in which he dressed up as a scarecrow so that he could snatch kids as they came through the fields. Using this ploy, he was indeed able to nab a young shepherd that he dragged back to his shack, where he set to butchering and roasting him. However, before he could take the first bite of sweet child flesh, uh, God <laughs> struck him with lightning and he died. But Whoa. God didn't stop him from killing the kid, though. We don't. God was excited to get that kid in heaven because he wanted to hang out with them, but after the act was done, he killed the guy. Uh, the article then goes on to say that it was after this that Trap became a hooded scarecrow that it would abduct naughty children and carry them away into the forest, never to be seen again. But there is some truth behind all of this. Hans von Trotha was a 15th century knight in the Palatinate region who was in possession of multiple castles and political positions. God. Sometime in the 1480s, a dispute arose between von Trotha and the abbot of Weissenberg Abbey over some contested property. At the peak of this dispute, Von Trotha dammed a nearby river, which flooded fields and meadows in like uh, an act of, I guess, dispute. Uh, I don't know what you would call that or why he would have done it. After complaints by the abbot, Von Trotha ripped out the dam and flooded the town of Weissenberg as well as their economy. It's believed that this was Von Trotha's plan the entire time. The war between what? Von Trotha and the abbot continued for years before Von Trotha was finally called before Pope Alexander VI, but Von Trotha, maverick that he was, didn't go. He refused. He wrote a furious screed to the Pope instead, which eventually led to excommunication. While the people directly in charge of Von Trotha disavowed him in public, they still worked with him, even going so far as to send him to the French royal court during the Italian wars. Apparently, he was a very good diplomat, which seems at odds with his inability to find a compromise with the abbot. Um, while he was at the French court, he was even awarded a chevalier de knighthood by the king. So he became a knight while he was in the French area. And then after all of this, he did die in 1503 at the ripe old age of 53. Legitimately a Final Fantasy villain character. <laughs> yeah, really? just yeah. bizarre. <laughs> I know. Uh after, his, after he died, all the sanctions against him were lifted, and he was given an appropriately Catholic burial. So they, as soon as he would die, they're like, all right, we'll, we'll take him as one of our own now. So yeah, Von Trotha was a real guy who was a fucking ath, a asshole, you know, dammed up the river as a means to piss off the abbey, and then flooded the whole fucking city afterward. Like, Jesus Christ. That That's is insane. nuts. 
but yeah and then that from there his cannibalistic <laughs> like uh rumors or were kind of grew from there but there you go there's the cannibalistic scarecrow also another weird german christmas person next up is pierre fotard uh which is french for father whipper or old man whipper he's a character who accompanies saint nicholas on his rounds during saint nicholas day december 6th dispensing lumps of coal and or you guessed it beatings to naughty children while saint nicholas gives gifts to the well-behaved he is known mainly in the far north and eastern regions of france in some uh in south belgium and in french-speaking switzerland although similar characters exist all over europe obviously you can immediately see the comparisons between himself and krampus and Beltsnickel. uh this whipping father was said to bring a whip with him uh to spank all the naughty children who misbehave so Honestly, what would you prefer? A wooden switch or a whip to beat you? I don't think that I would take the whip. I feel like that's what I feel is... like. I feel like I would have taken the wooden switch too. I feel like a whip is like extra uh, I feel like this could be a like a trick, you know what I mean? Like you <laughs> we know a whip would hurt. But like a switch to a wood ass switch? That's gotta hurt <laughs> I mean, too though. Well, but nobody's actually getting in their ass beat. It's just all like none of this actually happens. They don't they didn't name this after a person, right? Yeah, no, there's no this is he's not based off of as far as like, I know. Does somebody come into town dressed as this guy and actually whip children? No way, right? Uh not I don't think it's a regularly practiced thing nowadays from my from my look at it. Very again, admittedly very quickly. The latest or I can see time, is they were right? talked about. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I don't think anybody dressed up as them. Um, mostly because like the stories we're about to get into, the couple of them are extremely violent. And I don't think that that parents were doing that, but I also don't, I mean, if they were celebrating with him, I could see people dressing up as him instead of Krampus. Cause he's essentially the same character. You're just like given a different name, you know, but here's some of the most weird stories about him. One of the most popular stories about the origin of Pierre Fotard was to first told way back in 1252. An innkeeper or butcher in other versions captures three boys who appear to be wealthy and on their way to enroll in a religious boarding school. Along with his wife, he kills the children in order to rob them. One gruesome version tells that they uh, drugged the children, slit their throats, cut them into pieces, and stewed them in a barrel. St. Nicholas discovers the crime resurrect and resurrects the children. After this, Pierre Fautard repents and becomes St. Nicholas's partner. A slightly different version of the story claims that St. Nicholas forced Pere Fotard to become his assistant as a punishment for his crimes. So either way, the dude netted a lifetime job after killing three kids by St. Nicholas. St. Santa came and was like, you know what? I'll take you into my wing. You will punish kids. For some reason, I'm still going to allow you to physically hit children, even though you killed three of them. But you're going to do it under my watch. Um, another story states that during the siege of Metz, which was a, a city in eastern France in 1552, an effigy of King Charles V was burned and dragged through the city. Meanwhile, an association of tanners created a grotesque character, also a tanner, armed with a whip and bound in <laughs> chains who punished children. After Metz was liberated, the charred effigy of Charles V and the character created by the tanners somehow assimilated into what is now known as Pierre Fautard. Uh, events surrounding the city's liberation and the burning of the effigy, effigy coincide with the passage of St. Nicholas. Hence, Pierre Fautard became his quote-unquote bad cop counterpart. Uh, and it, he actually did show up in the 30s in the United States 
under the translated name Father Flog or Spanky. Well, I'm sorry. What, again? I'm sorry. What was that? Yeah, yeah, translated to Father Flog or Spanky. That, of course, America spanky. would do that. Of course, we'd be like, oh, yep. Spanky. Yep. We, <laughs> 1930s America was uh, Father Flog or Spanky. That's, that Although sounds like 30 identical. gangsters. He needs a new agent is what he needs. <laughs> hey, it's a uh, Spanky time of year. Uh, <laughs> almost identical to the original French personification, Father Flog had nothing to do with Christmas and also had a female accomplice named Mother Flog. The tool doled out specific punishments for specific childhood crimes. Example, cutting out the tongue for lying. So they just America just didn't restrict them to Christmas. They were like, they're going to come at any point. This just guy never, re- never relaxed. He's always right? he's there. always working. He's got that grind set mindset. Spanky's, which you got, need. He's, he's there. <laughs> but dad, I just I just want a basketball for Christmas. All right. This Tell next one spanky kids. is a group of creatures that Jesse is known rather well. Love them. These are Icelandic in nature. Woo-woo-woo. The 13 Yule Lads. From Iceland's own mischievous, their own Iceland's own mischievous Santa Claus. They are very, very weird uh, and incredibly entertaining. And I'm excited to talk about them with you. I love them. So Icelandic children get to enjoy the favors of not one, but 13 Father Christmases called the Yule Lads. These merry but mischievous fellows take turns visiting kids on the 13 nights leading up to Christmas. On each of those nights, children place one of their shoes on the windowsill. For good boys and girls, the Yule Lad will leave candy. If not, the Yule Lads are not subtle in expressing their disapproval. They will fill the shoe with rotting potatoes. God damn. Ain't that fun. <laughs> Ain't that a good time? It's harmless. I like it. I buy this. These are real. <laughs> While the kids may enjoy 13 Santa Claus uh, visits, they also have to contend with a creature called Grilla, which we'll talk about as a separate creature immediately after these boys. I, I just want to um, say, but, Alex, every yeah. single one of these, again, you are the most, you are like our Christmas miracle. Every single you Yule Lad <laughs> is a version of you. I love every it. Single one. I love it. All right. Well, let's talk about each one very quickly. Uh, so these are all pulled from the Smithsonian. Um, in this, uh, this particular, I'm at Smithsonian magazine for this. This is the 13 Yule Lads. The first one is Sheep Coat Clod. He tries to suckle ewes in farmer's sheep sheds. That's his thing. That's like his, his defining personality trait. That's he what he does. Suckles on sheep's tits. He loves That's just his thing. That's it. That's what he does. Each yeah. one has their own. They're like the seven dwarves, but oh, of debauchery. weirder. Hang on. Yeah. Let me get you a quick like picture. So you and I'm going to I'll post it in the. Uh, the. Oh, great. OK. Thing. This Perfect. is a very quick picture of all 13 of them. In a, Shout in out a to group. Cox and Crenor. Go watch the animated version of this very thing right now. <laughs> There you go. It's Those the, are the quickly the 13 of them. Yes. <laughs> all right. Next up is Gully Gawk. Gully Gawk Gully also Gawk. likes a very particular thing, and that's the foam from buckets of cow milk. He yep. likes to he scrape loves, it off the top and steal it. Just get that. He just so wants far, the foam, not, nothing else. So far, I don't have a lot in common with these guys. All right. All right. Uh, well, I disagree. I got the beard. I got the beard. I'll say you that. Know, if you had the opportunity no, to suckle from a sheep's tit, would you do it? I think he would. Just to try. I think try. everyone's going yeah. to have to try. Just to try. Just to try. I'd have to know at least. I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. And that's how I feel about having sex with cryptids. So, you know, okay. I understand. Okay. Stubby is the third one. Stubby 
Yep. Stubby. Stubby. Hey, guess what? He, guess guess what his thing is. Yeah. He eats. He eats thumbs. Uh, no, he's short and steals food from frying pans. Oh, that's me. He loves fried food, dude. He's a that's fried me. food guy. He steals food from frying pans. <laughs> yeah. I do that while I'm frying right. food. You have to guess this next one. Yeah. What does this guy do? Spoon liquor. Okay, I'll figure it out. Let's see. Spoon liquor. He loves to lick a spoon. God damn, you are good You're so smart. at what, this. But what spoons is my question. Any, Any spoon, spoon with stuff on it. He yeah. licks it. He loves to just like he oh, get all stuff he likes on the, the dirty spoon. spoon. It's yeah. not about getting his tongue into a smooth metal curvaceous. It's about curvaceous. all those treasures left behind on the silverware. Yeah, I see. he loves it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. next up, also one you're going to have a hard time guessing. Uh, uh, this is Pot Scraper, a.k.a. Pot Licker. Now, pot liquor, when my dad makes like collard greens, is a delicious beverage that I like to shoot with vodka or soju. Oh, yeah, that juice. Yeah, but pot liquor in this case, I gotta imagine he just is similar to spoon liquor. You you are correct with one extra difference between the last two. Other than stealing and eating the food, he will also steal the unwashed pots. He takes them for himself. He takes the pots. He takes the pots. Yeah, it's his. He loves them. So they he, just they really is. don't want you to leave any mess anywhere. No, no phone no. allowed. Hide those titties. <laughs> Sorry, Next ladies. is bowl liquor. Surprise, okay. surprise. He steals bowls and, of food from under the bed specifically. And back in the old days, Icelanders used to sometimes store bowls of food there convenient for midnight snacking. They really mm. didn't like it when people licked their stuff. I think yeah, I'm guess finding so. out no. about the Icelandic people. <laughs> but uh, wait, there's more. Oh, yeah. Next up is Door Slammer. Okay. He stomps around and slams doors, keeping everyone awake. Oh, I see. So you don't want to be like any of these guys is the idea. Mm -hmm, correct. Now, now you, you have to know gross. the translation of this well, next hold word. On. Okay, go ahead. The next word you should know. I mean, I, know, I think you should know, right? All right. What? Well, let's see. This next one is skier gobbler. He gobbles all his skier. <laughs> he loves yogurt, dude. He, he eats yogurt. The Icelandic yogurt. Yeah, skier. he just eats up Icelandic yogurt. All right. I can't blame him. Sausage swiper. Delicious. Sausage delicious. swiper is one. Sausage swiper. Yep. That's. I mean, who he loves. This? He loves stolen sausages. That's my brother. Actually, my brother. <laughs> uh, my brother on Christmas, he'll eat like. Four pounds of sausages. I don't even know how he does it. <laughs> uh, this next one named Window Peeper. This oh. is the me. If there this was a group of you, us, I don't. I wouldn't want to be Alex and I'd window. be Window Peeper. Like, oh, <laughs> this is the George McFly of the group. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he likes to creep outside windows. I get that reference, by the way. And sometimes steal the stuff he sees inside. Only sometimes. Sometimes he's like window shopping thief. Yeah, he's yes. like a window stealer. Yeah, I just think he likes to, he's like a voyeur, you know, he just likes to. But he's not just a voyeur. He, he also might steals sometimes, take though. the thing that he's, he's looking at. It's true. You're, it's true. Next up out of the, we have three more door sniffer. He door is a huge. Sniffer. Yep. He has a huge nose and an insatiable appetite for stolen baked goods. So he this sniffs one, the I'm door. Like, yeah. And like sneaks in and takes your goods. Yeah. Yeah. This one I'm like, whatever on this one. <laughs> this next one's you. It. Yeah, this next one is absolutely you. you. This man's name is Meat Hook. Okay. Uh, he snatches up any meat left out, especially smoked lamb. Okay. Well, Meat Hook's okay in my book. Me yeah, Meat right? Hook is pretty good. Book. Meat uh, Hook can hang out. And then the he last one. He my house as his base. <laughs> you can come over anytime. He can sleep if he wants. He can sleep. Honestly, this is the guy who became CEO of ButcherBox. He's got a store it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, last but not least of the 13 Yule Lads is the Candle Beggar. He steals what? candles, which oh, used well, to be okay. sought after items way back in, in ice in olden times. In I need ice. you Basically to know. Basically an iPhone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I need you to know the funniest part about this, and I think this is the best part about the Yule Lads. You can imagine the story sitting down around a fire to tell the kids about the Yule Lads, and they're like, Papa, what are the Yule Lads' names? <laughs> and, and you say to them, well, first, there was Sheep Coat Claude and his friend <laughs> Gully, Gully Gok. And they're like, what were the others? And you're like, uh, Stubby and the others? Uh, Spoon Licker? And then it just like devolves into just what they do. They don't have names anymore. He's like looking around. He's like, his eyes are darting around the room as he's desperately <laughs> yes. nervously Until he ran sweating. out of shit the, to lick, he moved on yeah, to like, yeah, yeah. Uh, this one sniffs the doors. <laughs> yeah, just looking at the room like, um, and one takes candles. Yeah, because by the end, his candle's about to hooks. go out and he needs to save the rest of the wax. That shit was hot commodities. And there was Candle Mega and he's going to steal our candles. Go he to bed. candles. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love that. Doors, yes. There was also the Yule Cat. I love the Yule Cat. He's my, he's my favorite one. Also what? known as Yola Kotorin. I butchered it. A huge Yola and vicious Kotorin. cat who is described as lurking about the snowy countryside during Christmas time and eating people who have not received oh, any new clothes to wear before Christmas Eve. You better what get new clothes fuck? on or the cat is going to eat you. He so is you also, need him. Uh, she is, he is a pet of Grilla and her 13 Yule sons. Uh, though referred to as an ancient tradition, written accounts of the Yule Lad have only been located as recently as the 19th century. The threat of being eaten by the Yule Cat was used by farmers as an incentive for their workers to finish processing the autumn wool before Christmas. The ones who took to part the in the workers work, that worked on adults. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I'm sure kids were out in them fields as well doing, uh, you know, a lot of uh, like childhood labors in the 19th century. I'm Imagine sure. telling a 25 year old man, hey, you better finish. A Yule Cat. You're going to get there's this cat out there. And if and he can sense if you have new clothes, I'd be like, OK, Grandpa, let's get <laughs> you to cra- bed. If you don't have new clothes, it isn't like a punishment against you for making it. If you don't have new clothes. He eats the person without new new yeah. stuff. You yeah. have to have. So new there's, like, there's also like the capitalism moving, baby. For there's Christmas. also like a uh, like a home like you're supposed to give stuff to the homeless as well. Ah, uh, but if you don't, that homeless dude's dead. So you're like implying you're like telling your son like, see that guy over there? He's not going to be there tomorrow if he doesn't. Get That's him. what I, yes. We don't buy him a new outfit because <laughs> this cat is coming who's very hungry. Um, it's even like just buy him a sock, like new socks. Yeah, just something. It can be something, anything, dear God. Here's the uh, fucked up thing. Here's the fucked up thing. If you do this, if you avoid this monster, what does the cat eat? Nothing. He's a supernatural cat. He'll be fine. Look, he doesn't eat. Him. There's always going to be someone who doesn't That's true. get something new. That's true. Oh, man. There's always That's, those lesser than you, okay? That's heavy. Oh, shit. Right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying, I'm not, right? He'll find the 12? Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, the ones who would take part in the work uh, prior to Christmas were rewarded with new clothes. And those who did not would get nothing and thus be preyed upon by the monstrous cat. The cat has alternatively alternatively been described as merely eating away the food of ones without new clothing during Christmas feasts. And the perception of the Yule cat as a man-eating beast was partly popularized by poems of Johannes Erkotlum, as the rest, uh, as well as the rest of the folklore. It's so much weirder to just wake up naked, though. <laughs> I know, I know, it is. All right, and the last of this family of Yule creatures is Grilla. Grilla is an ogress who lives in the mountains of Iceland. Like Krampus and Mary Luid, she is a Christmas monster and only appears around Christmas time. 
The stories about her in Iceland vary. Some say she is kind of just like a boogeyman who enjoys scaring people. Others present her as a much darker uh, entity, saying she murders children and eats them. In Iceland, she is, at, she is as famous as the mother of the Yule lads and as the Yule cat as a pet. That's like her biggest known thing. Um, Grilla is very similar to Krampus in many ways. While Santa brings good children presents, Grilla has an unsatiable hunger for naughty children, and she is always grumpy. Like Krampus, she'll kidnap kids in, the, in a sack. She then brings them home to cook them alive and turn them into a stew. So she won't kill them first, like the, the cannibalistic scarecrow. She, burnt, she cooks them alive. Like Santa, Grilla has helpers, her sons, uh, as the, known as the Yule Lads. They are usually much less cruel than their mother and simply play pranks on people during the Christmas season. Uh, all, all that obviously depends on the version. There are some tales of the Yule Lads as homicidal child-eating monsters. Uh, Grilla also has a giant cat named the Yule Cat, which we just talked about. Uh, Grilla is married to her third husband named Lepalu... husband. Third husband. She's had Amazing. two previous. Uh, two, like, normal Lepalui, who lives in the Dimiborgir lava fields in a cave. This historic area is rife with supernatural mischief, according to folklore, due to its unique natural castle formations and traditional tales of it being the place of Satan himself where he landed when he fell from heaven. And then, you Yo, know, that's, so that's where her husband That's cool lives. as shit. Yeah. yeah, man, that's fucking sick. Uh, it's great. It, it, uh, but that's her. That's, it's pretty much straightforward. She's just kind of like a Krampus analog who's a little bit more violent in some of the stories and uh, is married, had three husbands. If you want to know what her husband looks like, uh, it looks like the dude from Harry Potter, the guy with the beard. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. You know what, dude? You know what I'm talking about? Hagrid? Beard guy. Hagrid. Yeah, it looks like Hagrid. Hagrid. Okay. All right. All right. And uh, our next one and our final one is, have you heard of Mary Louise, the zombie Christmas horse? What? Zombie? <laughs> the zombie Christmas, Christmas horse. horse. Yeah. 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 Mary Louise, also known as Grey Mary in English, is a Welsh zombie horse that visits people's homes and pubs during the Christmas season. Many Welsh believe that ghost horse, the, the ghost horse brings good luck in the new year and traditional uh, and traditional, the traditional people let the horse into their homes, which sounds like a horrible, horrible fucking idea. I don't know why you would do that. The week between Christmas and New Year's, as we live in right now, is the time when the Mary Louise comes to visit, usually at night. Usually six people act out the tradition. One member would hold a horse's skull, while some of the others carry a sheet over the group to give the appearance of the ghost horse. Yo, the this thing is awful looking. What I know. The, <laughs> the remaining members of the group tie colorful lit ribbons around the skull and use them as reins to lead the horse around. While the townspeople sing Christmas carols and Welsh traditional songs, the horse walks through the town. When the horse entered a house or bar, the horse would try to attack the residents. The people leading the horse would restrain the horse from attacking children. Most of the chaos, although portrayed as terrifying, was all in good fun. The guests were often rewarded with Christmas desserts to thank them for bringing good luck to the house. So the, ho the horse represented bizarrely good luck. This is just like a seed for a creepypasta, like is what this exists. I know, right? It really sees it. It really seems like it. Way back in ancient practices, uh, she was celebrated, it was typically celebrated on New Year's Eve specifically. Since these ancient times, people have then kind of expanded it, have uh, created a festival during this festival of lights, signifying birth and hope and good fortune. 
Um, and she's like the the rebirth of a dead horse in these more modern festivals that help like represent her. Uh, yeah, that, that that's pretty much it. Like her, the zombie horse and her group will just knock on doors asking in song to be let in. The song is sung in Welsh and it's pretty much the same with a few variations, which we can actually I can maybe add this in Dean. Maybe you can edit this in this moment as like a little taste, not the whole thing, but just a little taste. Here's a version of a gentleman. If you want to hear it, I'm going to listen real quick. This literally looks like somebody did a babality on a Bloodborne boss. <laughs> um, this thing is absolutely bedraggled looking. So scary, truly. So we'll get a nice little taste in the episode for everybody there. And it's a Christmas taste. Uh, What's fascinating about this is that it isn't just singing. Mm-mm. They would walk up to the house, sing. Yep. And then you would have to sing back why you can't let them in. And it was a battle. And then you would have basically a, yeah. a rap battle. Yeah. About what? why they're yeah, allowed uh, in or the not. The last bit yeah. I have here is once the traditional open, opening verses are sung, um, which by the first verses of that song were meant to be sung by Mary Louise, the, 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 the horse. Mary Louise and company are answered by those inside with challenges and insults. A battle of wits known as Punko ensues, where riddles, challenges, and insults must be exchanged in rhyme. If the zombie horse's party wins the Punko, which can be as long as the creativity of the two parties endure, the merry party enters with another song and is given drinks and treats. So the people carrying the horse win the rap battle, they get food and fucking drink, dude. It is. I, I don't know how many people listening have played this, but if you played the newest Assassin's Creed game, Valhalla. I, I have in that bits, game, not many, not characters many. have like rap battles, and it's like an ancient art form where they sit there and they're like, like rap yes. and rhyme with each other. Correct. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. pretty much what this is. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, I love that. That is nuts. So, I honestly, it's this is truly like very like hauntingly like I don't know something about this custom really like grabs me in a romantic. I love way. it too. Yeah. And that is the, if it wasn't for the terrifying horse skull, I know. everything about this is charming as hell. Uh, yeah, the I, horse I agree. skull I, makes it even better. It's like I a it's Zelda cool. quest or something. It's so <laughs> weird. But this creature is still out there. So if any of you out there have a knock on your door and a zombie horse starts asking to be let in with a rap battle, prepare your greatest wits and retorts and hope to fend it off lest you need to give it food and drink. Glorious. And its last day is actually tonight on the night of us recording it. So best of luck out there as you know, it's already been gone, come and gone. This is also like the long, if you don't know the creepypasta long horse. Give oh, that one no, a yes, I know long horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, looks yeah, just yeah. like long horse. Yeah, yeah, that's unpleasant. <laughs> and that wraps up our little relaxing kind of holiday in between episode Delightful. of some weird Christmas creatures out there. Delightful. Uh, that's that's kind of all of them that are like worth noting for the most part. Uh, we're off to go do a mini-sode where I'm the only one bringing a topic from last week because I have Coast to Coast's top 10 weirdest UFO encounters of 2022 that we're going to go through. But we're going to open with the recent tweet on Christmas Eve from Christopher Mellon, who then puts out this big fucking blog post. Don't do it on this episode. We got to do it on the Insinuating that, that maybe the document of the Majestic 12 might be real. We're off. Thank you guys so Don't much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Welcome back to the Illuminati Podcast.
guys, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by the... I don't know who they are. There's two. One. Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer. No. Neo and Trinity. No. I don't understand, and I probably never will. Let me just tell you right now that there's two. Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield. I'm telling you, I think he literally just looked up famous duos. Cheech and Chong. And has just been going through the list ever since. I'm trying to dig deep. One of you is uh, Dick Powell. Me? Your name's Jesse Cox. <laughs> I want to lose and Jesse. Like a shooting star across the sky that's actually a UFO.